We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. My guest today will be Tim Benz from the Pittsburgh Tribune Review. Before we bring Tim on, a few news and notes from around the NFL before we uh, get, get our conversation about the Steelers and uh, talk about all things fantasy for Week 12. Let's start off with the 49ers. Uh, Kyle Shanahan admitted that Matt Breida is uncertain. You know, he's uncertain if Matt Breida is going to be able to practice on Wednesday. The Niners have a number of injuries. Breida missed last week uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. Emmanuel Sanders played but was limited. Both players are uncertain for this week, both in terms of their practice availability as well as uh, whether they'll be able to play in Week 12. Big matchup Sunday night against the Packers. Something to watch for as we go throughout the week. Uh, but with the late practice uh, times in the West Coast as well as the uh, late uh, game time start, uh, we got a little bit later news cycle for them. Uh, meanwhile, with George Kittle, who's missed the last two games, Shanahan said that he is hopeful that uh, and pointing towards Kittle returning. But again, we're dealing with a layer of uncertainty. It's a big game against the Packers, and I really don't think that they're going to be able to be able to do everything they want to do 
without Kittle in there. I think he's a big component of that, especially if the running game is hampered without Breida there, with their offensive line banged up. So I, I think that's something to watch for there. I won't start Garoppolo if I don't have Kittle available to me on Sunday night. I think that's how I'm going to play that one there. Uh, meanwhile, Debo Samuel has been a we talked about this with Liz on Monday. He's been a breakout of sorts the last couple of weeks. I expect that to continue. He's another guy, though. We're watching to see how his shoulder holds up this week. He was dealing with some shoulder issues in practice towards the end of the week, uh, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter of that game. David Njoku is uh, designated for return from IR by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he made a return to practice. Now, you know, he ha- he's met the minimum IR requirement of eight missed games. He's eligible to be reinstated this week, but we'll see how he does in practice first. I mean, the Browns have been banged up at tight end with Ricky Seals-Jones also hurt a lot. Uh, Steven Carlson caught a touchdown in the Thursday night game last week. But Najoku would add a big component to that offense if he were to come back this week. Something to watch for with the Browns. Uh, keep in mind, on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to be lacking a lot of guys. Miles Garrett obviously suspended indefinitely. Uh, they're going to be also uh, without uh, Morgan Burnett, who's on IR with an Achilles injury. Olivier Vernon is out, uh, and Larry Ogunjobi is also going to be out for at least this game. Uh, there's a chance, perhaps, that uh, they'll get uh, Olivier Vernon back, but he isn't practicing so far this week. Something uh, that, you know, just the, the adding all those things, I think it's a pretty good week for uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I've got Devontae Parker as my wide receiver 15 this week so far in my early set of rankings on Rotowire, which you can check out on the vol- value meter, rotowire.com slash radio. If you don't already have that free, uh, if you're already subscribed, you get the free 10-day trial to check out my rankings as well as everything else that's on the site. So, uh, I, I do like the Miami passing game this week uh, as an option. Remember, Miami just, uh, they were already without Mark Walton anyhow due to suspension, but they just waived him this week. So there's a little bit more of a window for Kalen Balage and Patrick Laird. Laird uh, had six catches last week, so he's an option in the passing game. In PPR leagues, that's something uh, that could work out for you there. Moving on to Philadelphia, Jordan Howard. Now, this is something he came after the bye. Very little reporting after the game prior to the bye about his shoulder. Had a stinger in that game and then was limited in practice all week last week and then didn't play the game. He's still not cleared for contact for uh, Wednesday's practice. Might see a little bit more of Miles Sanders this week against the Seahawks. You know, I was disappointed with uh, the usage of Sanders. I think they got away from him a little too quickly. I would have liked to see a little bit more of him, especially in the passing game, especially when your wide receivers bring so little to the table. You got to throw more to Sanders. And maybe the Pats knew that. Maybe they schemed appropriately and accordingly and took that away from the Eagles. But, you know, I thought that was... Yeah, one of the big disappointments in this game is that he didn't get greater usage, given the opportunities abounding uh, in that game. That I really thought there'd be a little bit more of that. Uh, also for the Eagles, Alshon Jeffrey missed that game. He's ready for individual work. It's not he's not practicing with the team yet, but that's a sign he's moving in the right direction. That maybe he'll be able to come back after missing last week's games. I mean, they have stone hands. Otherwise, Alshon, Alshon Jeffrey is your Good hands receiver, you know, you've got other issues. But yeah, Nelson Aguilar had another non-catch. Some people call it a drop. I think it's a drop. Uh, I think he should have kept down with it, that play at the end. I know he had to twist around, but there's a lot of other analysis out there that said he made it harder himself by the way he twisted the wrong way a couple of times uh, to try to catch that ball. I think he should have come down with it. He didn't, though. Uh, and Jordan Matthews only caught one of the, his six targets for six yards. 
you know, and JJ Arcega wide side didn't do much in that game. was barely on the field. Uh, same, same was true. Uh, uh, with uh, uh, Mac Hollins as well. They just don't have much to offer there. They really need Jeffrey back. The, getting Howard back would be big too. This is funny. This is a team that was thought to be loaded at the start of the season, but they just can't get their pass catching right. So uh, that's another one. Staying on the East Coast, the Giants, you know, they coming off the bye, and it looks to me like Sterling Shepard is more likely to play than Evan Ingram or Red Ellison. Shepard uh, had a full practice Wednesday. He's coming back from uh, his second major concussion. Remember, he was out of the concussion protocol. And then on Sunday morning, they put him back in. They had a Monday night game that that week. Uh, at least they got him. At, you know, they announced him out early enough for people to react a little bit, at least. Uh, but he he's you know he looks trending in the right direction. He hasn't cleared the concussion protocol yet. But he's a better bet to play, I think, than his teammate Red Ellison and perhaps even Evan Ingram. He's not participating in practice, uh, and he's coming dealing with that foot injury that had him out before the bye as well. I doubt he plays against the Bears. You know, it's funny. Daniel Jones might be without a lot of his targets again this week, uh, facing a pretty tough Bears defense. This could be of a slog of a game. I've got Jones pretty low in my rankings this week I, at quarterback. I've got him at number 20 among my QBs this week. Still ahead of uh, Mitch Trubisky, who you know is dealing with his own injury issues, suffered a hip in, hip pointer late in that loss to the Rams. They could go a Chase Daniel if uh, if Trubisky can't go. He's day to day. There's no, and we'll find out more about uh, after practices today. That report hasn't come in yet on whether he's practicing or not. But uh, you know this this could be another ugly low scoring game. That's I think the way it's most likely to go. Jameis Winston, uh, he was hobbling a little bit towards the end of the game last week in the loss to the Saints. Uh, He's fine. He didn't show any signs of the injury at practice. He's not fine in terms of his decisions, in terms of everything he does, but he's fine. At least he's going to be – it looks like he's going to get to go. Uh, He faces the Falcons. Falcons' defense has been rejuvenated. We've seen it the last two weeks against the Saints and then especially against the Panthers just shutting down teams. This was previously a matchup we thought was going to be a really good one. May not be such a great one now. I have Breeze and Winston in one league. I'll be starting Breeze in that one. I'm still starting Evans. I'm still starting Godwin where I have him. But it's not the ticket to the carnival that we thought it was going to be earlier. A.J. Green, still not practicing, still a bad bet to be able to play this week. Uh, in fact, uh, Zach Taylor said uh, previously, he goes, if he can't practice, I don't think he'll be able to play. Uh, Auden Tate, remember, also got concussed at the end of that Raiders game. The Bengals receiving unit could be very shorthanded. Tyler Boyd will get a lot of attention from the Steelers secondary. That's going to be a bad matchup anyhow. Uh, he had one catch for no yards last week on three targets. It was abysmal. Uh, and with Ryan Finley throwing the ball, just not much to be had there in that Bengals offense. Going to their opponent, the Steelers. It looks like uh, no Antonio Brown this week between his concussion and his knee injury. Doesn't look like there'll be enough time. Uh, so it probably will not play. He's not expected to play. Teammate Deontay Johnson, remember he had that nasty concussion. Uh, it was bleeding from his ear. They said it would be a mild upset to see him play against the Bengals. Uh, and James Conner is iffy. It's all, you know, and with his shoulder. Remember, basically, it's a two game absence. You know, he, he had a two game absence, tried to return, got 13 offensive snaps. Uh, they said he didn't have a setback, but it also didn't feel right. Uh, 
you know, the, the, they probably aren't going to play him too. And they can probably get away with it against the Bengals. They can have all these guys out and they might still be fine. Uh, but right now, uh, it, they're none of these, those three, those three are expected to play. I think, yeah, we could have a lot of Jalen Samuels this week. Uh, we could have a lot of James Washington. We'll talk more with Tim Benz later on this show. We'll talk about all these players and, uh, what happens there. So we'll, we'll see, but I don't think we're optimistic about any of those guys. Uh, the Redskins, Chris Thompson was back on the field. He returned to practice uh, Wednesday. He's dealing with that toe. He might, he's missed a lot of time. He could be back this week uh, going against the Lions. We'll see whether or not he's cleared to play. Darius Geis is the guy I'm looking at. Even if Thompson plays, even if Adrian Peterson, who didn't practice today, you know, I think Geis is ascendant. He, he only got seven carries. Peterson got nine, but he also, Geis also caught the touchdown pass. He was also, you know, they expended the, the draft pick on him last year, and I think they want to get him going, get him, see what they've gotten him. So expect a, a heavy dosage of Geis this week against the Lions and a pretty good matchup to boot. I, I think you'll see a good amount of him. Uh, finally, Philip Dorsett. Uh, and Mohamed Sanu, we got to talk about Dorsett. Uh, he was he had a concussion. He was present for practice. Probably as a limited participant, he's still in the course in the concussion protocol. But at least this is a good sign. If he was not there, then I'd be a little bit more concerned. Mohamed Sanu was not spotted at practice uh, with his ankle injury. Spe- tweaked that, played through it, had 62 snaps, but did very little. Not a surprise we're arresting him here. If he returns in limited capacity tomorrow, full practice Friday, then I expect him to play. But just be aware, he's not quite 100%. So uh, those are some news and notes around the league. Uh, Before we bring in Tim Benz, a quick note from our friends at Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real-time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the play is going to be, predicted and earned points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to watch, make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all RotoWire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and mentioning them here. Last week, we played Chiefs Chargers on Monday night. Uh, we'll be announcing that on the Thursday and Friday podcast, which game we're going to be going. The full schedule and game information, however, is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair Quarterback, make every game bigger. The NFL is in full swing at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson. Uh, as always, our podcast is sponsored by the good folks at Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Thank you, Yahoo. My co-host today is Tim Benz. We're turning the tables. Tim has me on every Thursday on his show in Pittsburgh. Well, today I'm having him on the podcast. He is a Trib Sports columnist. He has his podcast and radio uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, Steelers Radio. You, you, Tim, you're you're all over the place. That and some uh, play-by-play responsibilities as well for Duquesne basketball and Duquesne football, Robert Morris hockey. Yeah, so it's a busy, busy time of year, like you said, along with the weekly Steeler radio shows on Mondays and on Wednesdays and then the pregame show on the flagship DVE. So, yeah, it's a lot of... Uh, Jumping from lily pad to lily pad. 
Yeah. Let's start off with the article you wrote uh, came out today at the Tribune Review uh, talking about Antonio Brown trying to get his way back into the NFL. Uh, obviously, Pittsburgh people uh, are watching this pretty closely. Fantasy people are watching it closely. I says, you know, I don't think there's any chance he comes back this year, but maybe ever is still up in the air. Right, and they've been known to give people second and third chances. You know, obviously they gave Richie Incognito multiple chances. He kept coming back. That one leads to mind, and uh, they were almost teammates at one point. Uh, could have been with two different teams, actually, if he had uh, gone to the Bills earlier. You never know. But, um, you know, I, I think from a fantasy perspective, A.B., as you showed in that one game against the Patriots, could just jump in and impact the team very quickly. But I agree with you. I don't think anything's going to – um, happened before the end of the season. I think they want him to uh, cool off a little bit, stay away, and maybe have a harsh lesson learned about how badly he needs this game and how badly he needs the money for it, and perhaps uh, show some contrition towards those who are alleging him with the crimes he committed, or at the very least, stay away from intimidating them, which is what got him suspended in the first place, which is why I found it ironic that you know, he's, he's only apologizing to Robert Kraft when there are multiple other apologies he could be handing out at the same time. Yeah, he apologizes to power, right? And, right. and not yeah. to the victims, not to the people where he had the power. Uh, and I think that's an interesting uh, way of looking at it there. So, uh, yeah, I, I, he just doesn't seem like a good guy. And you got to see a little bit of that more up close leading up to all this, even last year. And, I wonder how much of this that's ha- happened this year surprised you. It was going down that path. I don't know if we ever saw it potentially getting as cataclysmic as Mr. Big Chest with the blonde mustache at 2 a.m. on the treadmill bad, but yeah. there was something very different going into last season uh, of 2018 where he had that mini camp meltdown and he was talking about why can't I be free and. I've got these Google alerts with my name attached to them all the time, and he didn't understand that every time he had a Google alert attached to his name, it was probably something that he had tweeted. Um, you right. know, like things like complaining about, well, I'm working out on my own, and people are trying to find me working out on my own. Why are they doing that? Well, because you're tweeting where you're going, Antonio. Yeah. So you just had this kind of disassociation from reality going on at that point that seemed odd in these weird Instagram posts about him and Emmanuel Sanders and Bruce Arians that were going out at that time. That was an indication that something wasn't right and something had taken a turn, whether that's CTE or whether that's some sort of mental illness or just the overwhelming crush of fame that he thought he had a handle on and basically he didn't. Who knows? But uh, something serious going into last year. Indeed, indeed. So uh, we'll see, you know we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, you're my Pittsburgh guy. I always turn to you when I need. I have questions, and my goodness, I have questions, Tim. I have so many questions this week, and I know you're about to go to a presser, and you're going to get a little bit more information. But coming off just a slightly eventful Thursday night game against a rival in Cleveland, huh. uh, I guess that's no longer going to be the we pity the Browns sort of rivalry anymore. It's it's full on again. Right, and I always thought that was a bunch of happy horse pucky anyway when people say, oh, I miss the Browns. We want the Browns to be good again. No, you didn't. You loved beating up on the Browns. It was enjoyable to see that team that had caused the Steelers so much frustration before the Super Bowl years. And then, of course, uh, in the 80s, in between when they were good again and between before when the Browns left, um, the Browns were a thorn on the Steelers' side then. So it was fun to beat up on the Browns all the time. And, 
you know, that they only won by a field goal the last time they were in Cleveland uh, prior to the tie to open last year. So things have gotten more competitive. Uh, the defensive side of the football has become a matchup problem for the Steelers, largely because of Miles Garrett. They don't handle him well at all. And uh, then they got the loss this week against uh, Baker Mayfield, who frankly um, showed a little bit of a formula to beat the Steelers. If you've got a mobile quarterback and you trust him to move, uh, you can go back to Russell Wilson week two. That's how you neutralize that pass rush, which is what creates all the turnovers the Steelers have been feasting on. And, yeah, this week, um, you know, you walk out of that game with Juju Smith-Schuster banged up, knee and concussion, uh, Deontay Johnson, the concussion. You've got uh, Ola Adaini hurt at outside linebacker. So, again, there's, there's a special teams hit there. Uh, if anybody has special teams players going like for the Bengals against the Steelers, I don't know who has that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, like you said, you come to me for, for Pittsburgh stuff. I go to you for Cincinnati stuff. And I, I don't know how you feel, Jeff, but I wouldn't be surprised if – I know it was a gimmick the first time they tried it, but there were some matchup advantages. There were some X and O reasons beyond let's just get a win and throw a gimmick out there on Monday night as to why the Steelers did the Wildcat against the Bengals the first time. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see that again. Yeah, I think things have changed a little bit because – the Bengals are actually kind of clearing out some dead weight. They cut Preston Brown. He was just a bad fit on that team. They got to be a little bit more of a mobile defense with kind of something they wanted to do. And the thing is, it's one thing when a guy is struggling. And they, it's another thing, though, when they detected that their, the effort was lacking. And I, I think that they, uh, I think they addressed that. The Raiders still handled them, but they didn't crush them. That was, it was the first time that there was – Optimism from us Bengals defensive side since week one, really. I mean, since the Niners crushed them in week two and just, oh, wait, this isn't going to be a new and improved Bengals team. It's still going to be the same and the more, more of the same. Um, but, yeah, I think you will see that. I think it's, you know, I think you'll probably see a lot of Jalen Samuels, even if Connor is healthy to go in. I, I don't know what to make out of Connor. You tell me, Tim. I mean, he. Yeah, I'm not getting. I'm not getting the feeling he's going to be good this week. I think Benny Snell coming back might be the off the board play. Okay. If somebody needs a running back, because I would expect him to get more of the carries uh, if he can go. That's the way Mike Conlon was talking. He was not optimistic about Snell coming back, and uh, for a team that has struggled so mightily in third and fourth and short situations. He's supposed to be a straight-ahead bruising runner, so maybe he can help in that context too. But, yeah, I would expect to see a lot more of Samuels and Snell than I would Connor this week. And we keep waiting for it uh, every week. Hey, isn't this a good week for Vance McDonald? Well, yeah, it should be. And actually, for the most part, he's been healthy, and that just has never manifested. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard because of the quarterback situation. Uh, you know, that anything that we expected in the past – I, I kind of view like, okay, well, as long as Rudolph is a quarterback or the duck caller, you know, it, it's just, it's not going to be what we'd expect. And I think the same thing applies to Juju. And speaking of injuries, who knows what we're going to get at Juju. I don't feel pretty good about that one because of the concussion either. Yeah, and people have taken a call on Juju Smith-Moncrief around here. Oh, no. That's not his <laughs> fault, though. It is not uh, his fault. Well, no, no. I mean, the overall numbers and productivity aren't his fault. But I do think there's a bit of too much excusing him totally because. Okay. Well, let's just let's just say this: he's, he's not. I, I don't. I haven't seen anything suggest to me that he is a number one receiver on his own. Like for as much as we want to blame a bad quarterback and a lack of attention that needs to be paid to other wide receivers because they're not any good either. 
you watch him, and I just don't see separation from either bracket coverage or when he is in man. It's, it's not like, oh, Juju's in man this time, and uh, Mason takes advantage of it. He's oftentimes not wide open there either. So right. Juju is not 100% free of blame here, and he has had one fumble that cost him a game and one ball that bounced off of his hands and into a defensive back's hands akin to what happened with Moncrief against the Seahawks. So I'm not going to alleviate Juju from all responsibility for his poor numbers. Can another one against the Colts, too. Very first interception of that game uh, off his hands into the Colts DB. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. He's not entirely blameless. I, I'm, I'm on board with you on that one there. Uh, what do we expect uh, otherwise, though? Say, say Juju and Deontay Johnson can't go. Is this a James Washington week, or is this uh, just we're just going to go like the Monday night game and just run and run and run some more? I think it's more the latter, but if there are passes to be made, they will have to go to James Washington. They seem to have a fascination with Johnny Halton for some reason that no one can figure out, even dating back to the opener against the Patriots game. He seems to be much more in their plans than he should be. So if you're looking for someone to hit a home run and maybe finally catch a deep ball after they've tried about 20 of them to him this year, he hasn't hit on any, caught any of them. Right. Uh, maybe that's a guy, if you're desperate, looking for something completely off the board and you're looking for multiple wide receivers this week for whatever reason, I wouldn't be stunned if he winds up with the second most amount of targets as far as wide receivers go. That's if Juju and Deontay Johnson can't go and – uh, I think the notion around here is, even though the injury looked worse at the time, the feeling is that Johnson might be closer and it's going to be easier to get these guys out of protocol since they're coming off of a Thursday game as opposed to a uh, Sunday game. Right. And Holden gets all the targets that we want to see Juju get. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's one-on-one a lot and, um, you know, he doesn't exactly secure the ball well when it's close to him. He doesn't make great combat catches and, you know, a 50-50 ball never feels like it's a 50-50 ball to Johnny Holt, and it's more 30-70. <laughs> Already knocked out of your survivor pool? Do you end up losing early in the season, feeling like your success is mostly based on luck? Wish there was some alternative where you can use your actual fantasy sports knowledge as opposed to relying on whether a team wins or loses? Well, now there is. World Fantasy Pools brings you the first-of-its-kind game type, stat-based survivor pools. World Fantasy Pools takes the traditional concept of survivor pools that players are familiar with and adds in a more exciting twist. Instead of choosing a team to win a game, you will use your fantasy knowledge to choose an athlete to achieve a designated stat line. Achieve the stat line and you advance. Fail to, and you will be eliminated. Be the last to survive or make it through all rounds to win or split the prize pool. Just choose one athlete each round to achieve a designated stat line to advance and win. It's that simple. Sign up and play today at www.worldfantasypools.com. I'm talking with Tim Benz, uh, Pittsburgh Tribune Review, Tribune Review Radio, among many, many other outlets. Uh, we're looking at the Week 12 slate. So, Tim, I, I want to talk a little bit more about your background. I know you're, you're like uh, you're from the Syracuse Mafia, one of the many, many yes. uh, people in radio, TV, film, and, and journalism. Period that come from Syracuse. How did you, are you uh, born and raised Pittsburgh or is this where you landed after going to Syracuse? No, it's a little winding. Um, my dad is from Pittsburgh. So I was raised in a Pittsburgh sports fan household. It was root for the black and gold to get out. 
Charlotte, and I learned that message at a very early age and adopted it. It was a good time to be a Steelers fan when you were a kid or a Pittsburgh fan when you were a kid in the late 70s. You know, I was five, six years old. My formative years of sports fandom were taking place in 78, 79, and 80, you know, when they were winning Super Bowls and World Series. And Dan Marino was the pick quarterback and all that, and Mario was just about to become a Pittsburgh Penguins. So it was a good time to be forced into that sports DNA. Yep. Don't get me wrong. So I always wanted to gear my career to come to Pittsburgh, and I always wanted to go into sports journalism. Uh, you know, you grow up the smallest kid in your class, and it, it doesn't take you very long to figure out that the Steelers aren't going to replace Terry Bradshaw with you at quarterback at five foot six. So uh, hmm. you start looking down other avenues, and sports journalism was definitely the way to go. And, uh, you know, growing up, I grew up in Connecticut, um, kind of in the old town called Guilford, which is on Long Island Sound, a little bit more New York than it is Boston. But I was born in Boston, raised in New England, raised in Connecticut, uh, even though I was a Steelers fan. And there's a huge faction of not only Syracuse alumni, but uh, as you well know, Jeff, I mean, one of the pioneers of sports radio um, in the early 80s was WFAN. And WFAN was extremely populated with on-air guys that were Syracuse guys that always talked about it. And you had guys like uh, Costas and uh, Ian Eagle and Marv Alberts and uh, Dick Stockton and Sean McDonough, uh, Len Berman, Mike Tirico, all those guys in the ESPN are very much East Coast guys in the Boston and New York markets that were right in your face. And I was like, well, I guess Syracuse is the way to go then. And lucky enough, I got into Newhouse and uh, just kind of took my path from there. Stopped in. After getting out of Syracuse, went to Salt Lake City, Columbus, uh, then Pittsburgh. Boston I went to for a brief stretch, then came back to Pittsburgh again. And I've been here again since 2015 and overall for the most part since 2001. That's fantastic. And I think I've been on with you at least since 2017, maybe even 2016, if I recall correctly. It's been a while. Yeah, since. I think it was 2016 Yeah, um, when I started doing the podcast, uh, originally at DK Pittsburgh Sports, which is an, an independent sports website that yep. launched here in Pittsburgh and has done very well. And then um, eventually I moved back over to the Trib, which was uh, the original place I came to when I came back from Boston and started doing more columnist work and the podcast on the side as opposed to just doing the podcast primarily as I was doing with the DK Pittsburgh sports that allowed me to branch out and do a little bit more. And um, it, it's, it's worked out nicely. If you had your druthers, would you rather write more podcast, more broadcast, more what, what format do you feel fits you best? <laughs> I'm going to do a little less of everything and get paid more. Is that an option? Sure. Well, let's go with it. Uh, we're, in, we're in hypothetical land anyhow, right? Uh, yeah. Well, you know, my girlfriend asks me that all the time. She says you keep complaining about working too much, but if I asked you to give up one of anything, would you do it? And I keep saying, no, you're probably right. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I, I think it would be great. Um, you know, I, it would be nice to maybe do one column a day as opposed to three entries and, do a Monday through Friday show midday as opposed to uh, spotting in at night, seven to nine. And then the, the, the pregame uh, on, the, you know, on Sundays, it's, it's a lot of everything right now. I think, I don't know if I'd like to give up any of that, any of the options. I just like to condense all of them. Yet some of still make the same amount of money, which would be fantastic. Indeed. We're talking with Tim Bentz. Uh, I'm Jeff Erickson. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Yahoo. Tim, does your job help you in your fantasy leagues? Not that I've seen so far. Uh, the first year I played fantasy football, I won our league, and it was against a bunch of other sports talk radio stations. Um, it might have been when Yahoo, gosh, it might have been Yahoo or ESPN 
whenever they launched their official fantasy sports platform back in 2005, uh, one of those outlets, uh, 2000, actually I take that back. Yeah, it was 2005 because uh, the winner got a trip to the Pro Bowl. So I ended up going to the Pro Bowl um, after the Steelers won the Super Bowl in Detroit, which was a pretty cool treat. And uh, that was, might be the most fun I've ever had covering an event because I hardly covered the event at all. It was just parties and being in Hawaii. Huh. Um, so I, don't know, I felt pretty good about my chances there. And, and ever since then, I don't think – I took a stretch off of not playing fantasy and then got back into it largely because of our conversations and some leagues that I've dived into. And I really don't think it does, Jeff. I mean, the information is so tangible and out there for right. everybody. I, I guess on occasion – I might have a tip about the Steeler game, about who's going to play or who's not going to play, or, you know, I might see a really good matchup that they're working on in practice. Some guys get a bunch of reps, uh, either about the Steelers or their opponent. Um, you know, a matchup that I think is going to, that the Steelers are really worried about on the other side of the ball or a matchup the Steelers think that they can exploit, just kind of scuttlebutt around the building. I think I've been helped there. Yes. Uh, specifically the Steeler games, but does it help me figure out who's going to be the, best option at wide receiver in Raiders versus Redskins, uh, not more than the guy I'm playing who works at UPMC. <laughs> all right. <laughs> very good. Do you play more uh, football or baseball or do you do uh, both sports or do you do any hockey, anything else? What do you play? Uh, definitely more football than anything. I don't do a lot of baseball. Um, I got into a league when I was in Boston which is kind of a fun like week-to-week league. I'm trying to remember exactly how it worked. It was month-to-month. Like you did the league every month, kind of standardized scoring, but it was a month-to-month league, and then you could carry over and redraft. And uh, that was kind of a fun deal that I did when I was in Boston. And I did do a uh, like a press box hockey playoff uh, fantasy playoff series uh, for for a year, kind of like uh, you, you draft guys and. Uh, you can redraft after teams get eliminated to a certain degree. There are some rules, but those are the most I've ever done. Okay. And I do love survivor pools. I'm big into survivor pools. I love survivor. I think it's, I, I love that it's been invented. It's one of those things that I've, I, I feel like I've gotten pretty decent. At. I've made a de- I've won a couple of pools and this year I've, I, I'm in pretty good shape. I'm in a uh, double elimination pool. We started with about a hundred of us. I'm the only one with no losses right now, Tim, although there's seven other people that have one loss. So uh, it, it's interesting week after week now trying to play it out because, you know, I've got this little hammer. Can I just go chalk every week or should I, uh, you know, should I try to fit it, end it? You know, I got lucky two weeks ago when everybody got crushed by the Saints and the Colts. I pivoted to the Bears versus the Lions when they announced that Stafford was out. And that was like my big win. Uh, that's when so many people got knocked out. Yeah, I found myself, I was stunned that I got knocked out as early as I did because there are so many bad teams. And I saw yeah. this across our pool. It's like, how could people be losing when there's so many bad teams? But because the teams, a lot of times, you know, especially in the AFC East, you know, um, the Jets, the Dolphins, you found yourself running out of options even if you had multiple teams in the pool um, because you played against them already or you used the teams already to play against the bad clubs. I was surprised at how I how quickly I ran out of what felt like really easy, viable options in a year where it felt like there should be a ton. I, 
I, I really disappointed. I thought I should have done better this year. Yeah, you're right about it. Baseball, football has become more like baseball or basketball where you have these really, truly awful teams. And in the case of the Dolphins, obviously tanking teams. You know, I don't think the Bengals tried to tank necessarily. They knew they'd be bad, but, you know, it, and then the Redskins are right down there as well. Uh, it, it is it is harder to miss this year. That was, At least it was early until that one ap- apocalyptic leak there, week there uh, where the Dolphins beat the Colts. Uh, and, then of course, the Saints lost as well to the, the Falcons. The Falcons, you know, Saints won. In retrospect, I don't that, – that almost should have been a little bit more foreseeable just because the Falcons were considered good at the start of the year, and they just had this crazy sequence of events. Yeah, the Falcons screwed up a lot of people. Um, I think the Chargers screwed up some people early. Um, yep, always. Game that was, uh, they, they lost to somebody early that I never thought they should have lost to, and that felt like a really good secure pick, and I think I lost one of my options on them much earlier than I should have. Um, and like you said, I think it, it might have taken us a little while to realize that the Redskins and Bengals were every bit as bad, if not worse, than the Dolphins. And um, if you tried to stay with the Dolphins all the time, maybe you missed a layup uh, with the Redskins and perhaps uh, the Bengals or you know the Falcons when they were at their worst. Because I'm kind of like you. I, I stayed away from playing against the Falcons a couple times because I'm like, they're not that bad. They can't be that bad. And then they go out and they lose and they give up 50 points to the process. You're like, yeah, they are that bad. And you had already lost by uh, pivoting off of them. So, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from on that. With the, They were kind of a sneaky team to screw up some some people, if not playing the game, staying away from the game uh, because of who they are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's talk about that game real quick before we let you go. We'll, we'll highlight this game real quick. Three weeks ago, if you would have told me, oh, yeah, I get Jameis Winston against the Falcons defense, I'm rubbing my hands with glee. I'm excited about it. Now, Jameis being bad Jameis to the extreme the last couple of weeks and Atlanta playing good defense the last two weeks, how do you feel about this game? Not great about it because of the reasons you just cited. You know, it's funny. We were um, – I'm trying to remember which uh, which team it was that we were covering. The Steelers again. We came down to trying to find, uh, you know, a pair of really good wide receivers. And we're talking about, you know, good tandems. And you know, Tampa's right out there in front of your face. And that feels like a club that should be able to rip Atlanta apart. But uh, as we just outlined before – uh, when it comes down to the, the quarterback situation, um, if Jameis is playing like Mason Rudolph, it doesn't matter how good the pass catchers are, right? And uh, is, is Peyton Barber, what's, is, is, what, what's Peyton Barber's status again? He's out, right? Uh, no, he's still oh, hanging around and stealing goal line carries away and being annoying and all that. Uh, as a Ronald Jones owner in a couple leagues, I I wish Barber, were, I, I wish he were walking the earth. I don't wish injury on anybody, but I wish he kind of just go away <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah, you know, I had to pick him up in a pinch because of a running. I had so many people on buy in that six-week buy. Was that week 10? A couple yep. of weeks ago, I had a six-week buy, and I had like three running backs on buy, and I had to get Barber. I'm like, come on, do something for me. And if I remember, my he did get a touchdown, but he didn't do much of anything else. And He is tantalizingly a pain in the ass, isn't he? <laughs> he's, he's one of those players that's like that. You feel like... Whatever you play against him, he hurts you, and if you have him, he doesn't do much for you. He, exactly. he falls into that category. Exactly right. And then you know what? Another guy like that that's been like that for me is Tarek Cohen. Oh, yeah. Tarek Cohen last year, he was probably he probably overperformed for me better than anybody I had on my team. And then this year I got him too early. He didn't do anything. 
I dropped him. He would perform well. I got into week 10, brought him back, didn't do anything, still had him uh, on the bench, decided to bench him, and then he had a big game. So I just, I, he's been one of those guys that has tantalized and screwed me over all year long. It's the good old whipsaw. Good times had by none on that one there. <laughs> Tim, uh, thanks for uh, allowing me to turn the tables with you and uh, interview you for a change. Looking forward to our our weekly chats, and uh, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, we'll talk again uh, tomorrow, Jeff. Thanks, as always. Uh, It's great having you on. I appreciate your insight. I know our our listeners value it quite a bit. Uh, I get responses to what we talk about all the time in emails and tweets and things like that. So uh, we we do get some good run off of your podcast performs pretty well a uh, weekly compared to the others i think we built a little foundation here and people look for it before thursday night or at least going into sunday fantastic awesome thanks Thank, I, lo- I love hearing that he's tim benz everybody uh you can follow him on twitter uh at uh, tim tell everybody where he, what's the best way to yeah, it's, it's at tim benz pgh and you can go to trib live or trib live backslash sports take your head to the sports section and uh you can see the band. It says Breakfast with Benz. That's where we house all of our podcasts. And I post up there as far as articles go. And um, we do have a podcast network with not just my stuff, but some other things as well if people are interested, particularly folks who are transplanted Pittsburgh and transplanted Pittsburghers can catch up there. Very good. All right. Thanks to Yahoo Fancy Sports for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll be back at you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.